Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling, and I'm happy to be with you this week to discuss a topic that should be of interest to each and every one of you, whether you're an investor in a passive investment, or you're an active investor, or you're considering becoming a multifamily real estate investor. And that is ignore it all. And what I mean by ignore it all is this. There's a lot of stuff going on right now in the investing space. Interest rates, soft landings, recessions, national elections, you name it, all sorts of activity. Enough to really get anybody worked up. What we're going to go through today is our recommendation for ignoring it all or at least not worrying about it so much. And that's what we're going to talk about this week. As always, if you have any questions, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. Do not hesitate to swing by the Learning Center at marapolling.com. That's M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And next week, we'll be back with our next episode in our series on the Owen acquisition. So be sure to tune in for that. And if you uh, didn't see the first edition uh, of this series, uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, it should be there in the podcast history on your favorite podcast platform. Okay, so let's get started. So why would I say ignore it all, especially about things that are so important, like interest rates and the economy and all sorts of other stuff? Well, we absolutely take those things into account when we're looking at an acquisition and when we're making decisions about continuing a hold or potentially exiting. Those things are all important. But on a day-to-day -day basis, especially if you're looking at your investment and trying to understand what's going on, there's limited, if any, value in paying a lot of attention to these items. So let's take a look at each and talk about why we think that's the case. Let's start off first with interest rates. Interest rates, I think, get the most uh, visibility. Uh, right now, they are absolutely up significantly from what I would describe as ultra-historic lows. 3% money is really crazy. And in some instances, essentially free money. We had loans where we were paying 0.21%. It's crazy that money would be that cheap and not something that's going to exist long-term. So you made hay while the sun shined, and now the rates are moving back towards a more normal range. Although I must say, 6%, which is the range that most money is in today for multifamily investors, is not a high rate. 7%, 8%. Reasonable numbers if you look historically at the performance of multifamily, really real estate in general, but multifamily in particular, over long periods of time. The industry has absolutely made money with double-digit rates. Now, obviously, when you have rates move up, the price of uh, investments needs to come down to partially offset that. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. 
when we look at the third element in this analysis. So are interest rates up? Yes. If you're an investment in an investment with a fixed rate loan, then there's not a lot for you to worry about until it comes time to exit. And then you might actually find some value in your existing loan if there's enough term left that it could be assumable. That could actually be accretive to the value of your investment, add to the value of it. And at the same time, when you replace that asset, as we would always recommend executing a sale exchange, if that's something that could work for you, you'll be replacing it with an asset that's going to have a higher interest rate in that kind of an interest rate environment where we see rates moving up over time. But in the day-to-day-to-day, there's not really any impact of having rates move, no direct impact. Well, what about a recession or this soft landing that you keep hearing about? Well, inflation is the big, bad boogeyman. And that what is what the Fed has been focused on for the last couple of years. That's why we've seen so many rate hikes. Now, those are short-term hikes. But ultimately, all of that chases uh, folks into certain investments. And that's had the result of increasing yields, interest rates, on 10-year treasuries, which is what real estate money is really tied to. And so as those have gone up, as the Fed has tried to get its hand on inflation, we've seen interest rates rise. Now, the Fed's been successful in that inflation is down considerably from where it was, and they're not done. And part of the reason for that is the job numbers. We have record unemployment, and we keep creating new jobs. Clearly, people that have been on the sidelines are getting back into the labor force. And it's not 100,000 every month. It's 300,000, 400,000, 500,000, which, which puts pressure on the economy from a growth standpoint. And that drives inflation, which in turn causes the Fed to try and choke the economy off. And I've been in this investing space for over 40 years. I've never really seen the soft landing executed. It, you can get close, and then I think there's a sort of, you plop on the runway <laughs> uh, to keep that aviation metaphor going. Um, a recession ultimately is what gets inflation under control. The good news about all those jobs numbers is that means there's more people that have jobs. And there's also higher wages for those that do have jobs because there's more competition amongst employers for talented folks. So if people have jobs that didn't have jobs before and people that have jobs are getting paid more, that bodes well for the housing industry. Interest rates being up means it's a little harder to actually purchase a home. So if more people have money to be able to form a household and move out, and at the same time, those individuals aren't able to afford a home, well, that means they become rental households. So there's a silver lining hidden inside those numbers. Um, national elections. And as if you've listened to our uh, channel for any length of time, you know that we are politically agnostic. 
we ultimately be, believe that whichever uh, party or group or philosophy happens to be in Washington, that the basics of real estate don't change. People still need places to live. There's still an ability to purchase money. Tax code may shift around a little bit. We don't believe you're ever going to see anything that would eliminate the significant tax breaks that real estate has, simply because that's such a significant part of supporting the overall economy. But the fact that elections are coming always gives the investor base cause for concern. What might happen if, and then you fill in the blank. And we're heading into that part of the the uh, quadrennial, uh, quadrennial, whatever the correct uh, version of that is, the every four-year cycle, where we have national elections that include the White House. So all of those are things to give an investor pause. My guess is each one of you have spent some time thinking about or worrying about at least one, if not more, of those factors, and probably others. We think that that really doesn't add a lot of value to being an investor. And the reason for that is not only the factors I just discussed for each of those, but the reality that the underlying drivers of the multifamily tenant space, right? So the business of renting space to tenants, that hasn't changed. And really isn't going to change. It's one of the things we love about multifamily, right? You go back to Maslow's hierarchy, for those of you that, uh, that that rings a bell, and the foundation of that hierarchy was around food and shelter, uh, around the security of the individual and the family. Well, we're not in the food business, but people that are know that people still need to eat. And so there's demand there that will never go away. And people need places to live. And for some individuals, that means a home they own because they're in a position economically to be able to do that. But for a significant number of Americans, over 40% of U.S. households, 45% of U.S. households rent as opposed to own. And many of those are long-term rental households, meaning they're never going to own a home. Some of them, it's economic, right? They may never find themselves in a position to purchase a home. Some of them, it's a lifestyle choice. I'd like to live in a certain location for some period of time and then relocate. And I don't want to go through the potential exposure of buying and then selling and buying and then selling. Uh, for some individuals, it's uh, less of a lifestyle issue, and it's an employment issue. I just got a brand new job in this different part of the state or the region or the country, and I'm going to move. And when I move, I'm not going to buy a home there. I'm going to rent until I decide that I want to stay. And then I'm going to move somewhere else. And so of the uh, tens of millions of rental households out there, that demand is fairly consistent. We've seen that number dip to the point where uh, rental households were in the neighborhood of uh, 30% or closing in on 
And that's when we got to a home ownership rate that was 69 and change, almost 70%. That was one of a large number of factors that contributed to the housing bubble that we experienced in uh, the lead up to 07 and 08. And while we think it's fantastic that people get to own homes, we also know that there are some basic economic boundaries that probably keep us in the 60% range for home ownership, which means we're in the 40% range or so for rental space, give or take three, four points one way or the other. But there's a significant rental base that is there and is always going to be there. Now, within that, there certainly are individuals, just like my analogy uh, about food, there are certain individuals that like to eat really well. And so the demand for high-end food is smaller, but it's there, just like we have class A demand. And there's others that are, hey, I just need food to take care of myself. And that's really the C kind of space where someone simply says, I need a clean, safe place to live. I don't need a bunch of amenities. I don't need it to be fancy. And I need to spend the, my dollars correctly. And then in the middle of that is that Goldilocks class, the folks that, hey, I, I need reasonable food to have access to. It's where the bulk of the market is. And it's also where the bulk of the rental market is. And that is, I need a nice, clean, safe place to live. I'd like there to be a few amenities to it. You know, I'd like to have decent parking and maybe some green space for my kids to play. I'd like to have a decent school to be able to go to. Some other factors like that. Those are all things that drive the Class B space. And so if interest rates go up, well, fewer people can afford homes. That probably means we have more demand in the rental space. If interest rates go down, more people get to buy homes, which is really great. We also see some stimulation probably of economic activity, which means we're going to have more people employed and that can help fill that uh, gap in. A recession, which there's always going to be a recession coming, it's a cycle. It's the nature of the, of the economic cycle. When a recession hits, yes, Class Bs and As and Cs will lose some tenants. There'll be an increase in vacancy that is then fairly quickly refilled in the B space with tenants that come from As or the tenants that come from home ownership or maybe move because of a job or what have you. The uncertainty of national elections might cause people to think twice about, Boeing, about purchasing a home. Therefore, they're going to stay renters a little bit longer. So all those factors certainly have an impact on multifamily. None of them get at the core issue, which is the overwhelming demand for rental housing, and the fact that it's a growing demand. Even if percentage-wise we don't see a change, well, the population grows. And as the population grows, every thousand new households, we get 300, 350, 400 new rental households out of that. And if we're not building enough units to keep up with that, it creates an imbalance. And we are building units in decent numbers, several hundred thousand a year, 300,000 or so. They're almost exclusively A's. And that's not really where the growth is. So while that's great, 
for people that want to live in an A, it doesn't really do anything to solve the imbalance in the Bs. So we can worry about interest rates and whether there's going to be a recession or a soft landing or any of those other factors, but it's not really going to change the basic underpinnings of why multifamily is a good investment. Now, we do, however, take all of that into account when we're looking at purchasing an asset and when we're looking at potentially exiting an asset. So the underwrite. Uh, I have a lot of folks that will ask, aren't you worried about, and then fill in one of those factors. And my answer typically is, no, I don't worry about it. And the reason I don't worry about it is I account for it. Our, our team does when we build an underwrite. We factor in what's the interest rate that we believe we're going to get in this loan. By the time we close it, how much might that interest rate move? What would that look like? When it comes time to exit, if interest rates have moved up, that would give us some idea that maybe cap rates have moved up as well. So let's underwrite an exit cap that's higher than the cap we're uh, seeing in place when we're, when we're purchasing this asset. If we're going to go through a recession, well, then let's stress test this to make sure that if the 8% or 9% vacancy that the asset is currently at spikes to 12 or 15, uh, some higher number that we can still manage the asset well and not put the asset in jeopardy. All of that stress testing, all of that is what puts us in a position to have a higher degree of confidence that these items aren't going to impact us. Now, I should say, and I will say, None of this takes the risk to zero. Any investment in real estate, whether it's with multifamily, whether it's with Mara Poling or some other firm that's out there or an investment that you make on your own, there are risks associated with it. And if the kinds of risks that could impact a real estate investment are more than you are willing to take on, then don't. Don't put dollars that you need to be risk-free in any kind of real estate, even with Mara Poling, put those, go buy some treasury bills, go buy some 10-year treasuries. And yeah, you're not going to make as much as you would make in a real estate investment. You're also not going to lose those dollars. And so if those are the kind of dollars you have to invest, that's the proper way to think about it. And if you have dollars that you are comfortable having some degree of risk, then we would recommend taking a look at multifamily, especially relative to investments like stock market equities uh, that have considerably higher volatility and pose a greater risk without necessarily a better return and certainly without the tax benefits that you get from multifamily. These factors are real issues. Interest rates, the state of the economy, all of that uncertainty, those are real issues. We don't think you should lie awake at night worrying about those. You really can kind of ignore them for two reasons. One, multifamilies supported by some very solid economics around the supply and demand of that rental space. And number two, if you're making an investment or you're working with a sponsor like Mara Poling, Make sure you understand how it's been underwritten. If the underwrite has taken all of those factors into account, 
and stress tested the asset over some period of time, then that's going to move the risk from a 50-50 just chance. That's going to move the risk to 40-60 or 30-70 or even 20-80. And while it won't get to zero, that's a significantly different risk profile than what you would see otherwise. Well, I hope you found this information valuable. If you've got questions about it, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. Join us next week when we're going to have our next session on the Owen. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you then on the next episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling.